All right. Well, good morning. Thanks for being here with us this morning. It's a beautiful Sunday and a beautiful opportunity to be together. So thanks for taking the time uh, to log in mm-hmm. and uh, spend a few moments together as we reflect on the words of Jesus and the hope that we experience uh, even in this season. So some of you guys know our kiddos. We have two little girls and our oldest, Alyssa, when she was about two, two and a half years old, broke her arm. And uh, I remember this moment, the moment she broke her arm very, very vividly. Um, you know, it was the craziest circumstance. She wasn't doing anything wild or dangerous. <laughs> she was uh, sitting on the couch or climbing on the couch and she fell off onto carpet, but just caught her arm wrong. And so she broke her little arm. And I remember that moment I was in the kitchen doing something and I heard the shriek. And as a, if you're a parent, you know, there's different cries, you know, there's the I'm whining cry, and then there's the I am hurt cry, and then there there's the I'm really, really hurt cry. <laughs> and this is uh, the first time uh, I had heard the I'm really, really hurt cry from Alyssa, and Micah heard it too, and so we both came charging in to the sitting room where she was at, and uh, at this point she had already gotten up, and she was holding her arm, and she was walking towards us and it was visibly broken. So we knew right away that her her arm was broken. And Mike and I just like went into emergency mode. Uh, one of us got the ice packs, the other one got Rachel who was one year old and we just headed for the car immediately. And I remember the drive there, Micah was driving. He, I'm pretty sure you were going the speed limit, right? At least, yeah. He was going at least at the least. speed limit as we were driving to the ER and I'm sitting in the back seat, sitting in between um, our two girls and I'm holding the ice packs uh, underneath and over her arm. And I remember Alyssa at this point had had calmed down quite well and she kept repeating over and over, I don't like this, I, I just don't like this. And that's all she would say, I don't like this. And I remember in that moment, there was nothing I else I could do um, to alleviate the fact that she didn't like it. But what I could do is sit next to her and say, you know, Alyssa, I don't like this either. And, and we're right here with you. We're right here with you in this. Um, and we don't like it. But the most powerful thing we could do was be present to her in that moment. Yeah, to be with her. And so we've been looking at the words of Jesus and exploring uh, what did he have to say? What did he teach? What did he uh, promise uh, to his followers? And um, we've been in this little mini-series, um, a spinoff mm-hmm. in that, uh, looking at Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing. And it goes on, and we'll read that in a minute. Um, but exploring then in John 10 how Jesus... Uh, takes on this mm-hmm. language of, I am the good shepherd, the one looking over Israel, the one looking over my followers. So today we begin in Psalm 23. And we want to refresh um, refresh us on the first part of Psalm 23, where we were at last week. We were at the first three verses is what we looked at last week. And so Psalm 23 goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And then as we continue, verse four that we'll look at this week, even though I walk through the darkest valley, 
I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So David, who's writing this, says, even though I walk through the darkest valley. Um, he doesn't say if I walk, you know, if I have to walk through the darkest valley. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley. David assumes in this psalm that there will be suffering in life. And likely you've probably experienced some suffering in your life already. And some of us have experienced more suffering than others. And in general, as, as we start to think about walking through the dark valley, which, you know, represents pain and suffering in general, I think we struggle, um, to make sense of suffering. We often think that if I'm doing the right thing or if I'm working really hard, then I shouldn't suffer. And so when suffering comes, we wonder, we wonder why we suffer. We wonder if, um, God is causing our suffering, if it's some sort of punishment sometimes, or, or we, we ask God, why are you allowing this to happen? And it brings up these hard questions of God's sovereignty. And, and sometimes in it, we even question God's goodness. Cause it's like, why, why am I going through this suffering? And so I want to, I want to look back today at the creation story. And in the creation story, we get this picture of God's desire for creation. In the Garden of Eden, as he created everything, he kept saying over and over, and it was good. And it was good. And and finally, at the end of creation, he says, and it was very good. Because in the Garden of Eden, there was no pain, there was no sorrow, there was no shame, there was no broken relationships or diseases. Everything was good, and there was peace between humanity and God, and there was peace between um, the man and the woman in the Garden of Eden. And then Adam and Eve chose to eat of the fruit um, from the one tree that God had said, no, don't eat from this one tree. And so as they chose to go their own way, that brought sin and pain and and suffering into the world. And, and what's interesting as we look at the whole of scripture, um, it begins with Genesis in the creation story, the, the Garden of Eden and everything was good. And then it ends in Revelation, this vision of a new heaven and a new earth where again, there's no more pain, there's no more sorrow, there's no more suffering. And then the middle part, which is the majority of scripture, is all about this God who loves humanity and creation so deeply and he's all about restoring that peace, restoring the goodness that was in the garden. And that's the part of the story we're in now, that in-between time. And so here in Psalm 23, back to our text, David says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, he says, yes, there, there will be suffering. That's assumed. Um, because we live in a fallen, in a broken world that God has not finished restoring yet. And yet, even in this, um, there's a promise that God will be our companion through the suffering. Yeah. And so David says, uh, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. When you hear the word <laughs> evil, what do you think of? Um, often, you know, this, this word that we use in English for uh, evil um, it, it's got a very ominous, yeah. a very dark feel, and it does apply to that. But in the Hebrew, uh, as as uh, David's words were recorded, 
Um, the term evil is much broader than that as well. In fact, every language has some term for evil, that which should not be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, evil in the Hebrew here uh, can refer to a number of things, uh, something that's bad in nature or it's in, in its condition, something that's worthless or corrupt or displeasing or undesirable mm-hmm. or inadequate. So listen to the words of David as he also says, um, I, as I walk through this dark valley, mm-hmm. I will fear nothing that is distressing or nothing. I will not fear misery or injury or calamity in this because you are with me, because God is with me. That said, uh, the term evil does also apply uh, in terms of spiritual forces. And that's mm-hmm. probably how our ear hears that term. And that's also an appropriate application, I think, in this text. Um, and, and here's the good news as David speaks even into those spiritual forces. Um, Jesus is victorious. Uh, God is more powerful than the evil forces that exist in this world. And he walks with us, comforting us, guiding us. He is our companion, even when we face that kind of evil. Uh, I remember as a teenager, a season of life um, in which I allowed uh, both the presence and the practice of evil uh, into my life. And on the backside of this really dark season, uh, I remember one night uh, laying in my bed and uh, looking up and sensing just the evil. And I hadn't grown up in a faith tradition that we talked much about these spiritual realms and spiritual forces, uh, but I did know uh, enough about Scripture to remember the promises of Jesus and, and the words of Scripture. And I remember laying in my bed just in tears that night uh, and, and praying in Jesus' name, be gone. And I remember this weightless feeling, this moment in which I experienced the lifting of all of that darkness mm-hmm. and uh, just a, a sense of, of weightlessness that then was filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so as, as David says in this text, uh, even though I go through these dark times, um, I will not fear evil. Uh, it applies in a lot of different ways in our lives. We are invited to know that we have a companion, a guide, someone mm-hmm. who protects us from that evil. And then David continues and he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And the rod and the staff were the shepherd's tools. The the shepherd would use the rod and the staff for support, for strength, for protection, to help defend um, the the flock from any wild animals. And so it really signifies the shepherd's presence and the shepherd's care for the sheep wherever they went, where... um, Whatever they encountered, the shepherd was there providing strength and support and protection. And I wonder um, how that applies, you know, in my life and in our lives. Often our thinking is very individualistic and we think about what I need to do and what can I do. And we feel almost alone or we feel all the responsibility and the weight of of our life and that can be a lonely and that can be a really overwhelming uh, place to be. And here um, in this psalm, we see a different picture that um, David's saying, your rod and your staff, your strength, your presence, your protection, your support, like that's what's giving getting me through. That's what's giving me comfort. And and I that makes sense to me because I've definitely felt 
alone and overwhelmed and to know that you're not alone, that brings a lot of comfort. Yeah. And um, the key phrase in all of this, um, uh, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil because you are with me. The, the key concept mm -hmm. is that we are not alone in those difficult seasons of life. Now, Jesus in John 10 is going to pick up on this theme of the good shepherd. He's going to contrast himself with the rulers in Israel saying, you are not the good shepherd. You care only for your own interests, but I am the good shepherd. And he's going to pick up on this language of shepherd mm -hmm. in John chapter 10. So we're going to read starting in verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Yeah, so in here, Jesus begins to describe himself and explain, I care for, will lay down my life mm -hmm. um, for the sheep. I will not abandon you in difficult times. Um, that he will be that companion through thick and thin, through anything that we face. Uh, in Isaiah, Isaiah speaks of this good mm -hmm. shepherd that will come. In Isaiah 40, he says, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close mm -hmm. to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. It speaks of a God who cares deeply, who uh, loves deeply, who will wrap us in his arms and protect mm. and care for us. You know, as we explore this idea of Jesus as a companion, I was thinking of companionship. And when you think of companions, you think often of your dog. Yeah. Uh, if, if you are a dog person, you might not be, but I am. And... Um, I'm only a little bit of a dog person. She, she's getting there, though. <laughs> I had this dog, Zeke, and I got him when he was a tiny puppy fit mm -hmm. in the palm of my hand. And he was a husky lab mix, so he grew to over 80 pounds. And he was the greatest companion. He um, lived just shy of 17 years. Was he really was a companion in life. And um, I remember uh, he was my camping and fly fishing partner. And... I would go out fly fishing, and the ironic thing is this big, capable dog uh, was afraid of the water. He, he wouldn't get deep into the water. And so when I'd get to places in the stream as I'm hiking upstream fly fishing where there was cliffs on the side, I would try to coax him in. I'd even try to throw him in sometimes, uh, but he did not want to be in the water. So he'd take off up around a cliff, and 10 minutes later, I'd see him ahead sitting on a little pebble beach waiting for me. And I'd get to him, and we'd sit down together next to the stream. And I just think of that sense of companionship. And then my walk with Jesus. And just to clarify, I'm not comparing Jesus to my dog. Um, <laughs> in fact, in that comparison, if, if anything, uh, I'm more like Zeke in that scenario, in that I'll go off flitting about doing my mm -hmm. own thing. But when I'll take the time to sit still, uh, that I get to experience that presence of Jesus, that companionship of a master of my Savior who loves me deeply. And so I think that's, you know, a big part of the invitation in this text today, uh, that Jesus desires to be our companion through the good times and through the challenging times. Whatever we're mm -hmm. facing, we're invited to sit in his presence, to be near to him, to know his protection and his love, his companionship in this.
In this text, Jesus says that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And that just reminds me how deeply God loves humanity and how God enters into our suffering with us as a guide and as a companion. He does not abandon us. And ultimately, Jesus, the good shepherd, laid down his life for humanity, to save humanity, his perfect sacrifice to atone for our sins, to offer forgiveness, and to provide a pathway to restore the relationship both between humanity and God and also the relationships within humanity to provide wholeness and healing. And in verse 18, Jesus says this about laying down his life. He says, no one takes my life from me but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it back up again. And this command I received from my father. Mm. So Jesus was willingly laying down his life for the sheep, for, for his creation. And then he rose again from the dead to offer hope, to offer new life, this recreation, this rebirth, um, this healing and wholeness that um, is marked by a life of love and goodness, one of forgiveness forgiveness and, and healing. And this is what Jesus is all about. This is what the good shepherd, being the good shepherd, is, is all about. He doesn't abandon us. He walks with us, and he lays down his life in order to restore ours. Mm. He is good. He's very good. And so what can we draw from this today? Uh, what's the significance in our lives, in our world? Um, what are you experiencing right now in life? Uh, many of us are experiencing many different things right now. Some feeling the sense of that dark valley. And maybe it's fear related to COVID. Or maybe it's frustration related to social justice. Or maybe we're experiencing family, marital, or other disruption in life. Well, the promise here today is that you're not alone, that we are not alone, that Jesus, uh, who is the good shepherd, will be our companion. He'll be our protector and our guide, our comforter in this season. He will walk with us through whatever we're facing. So, um, so what do we do when we find ourselves in those valleys, in those difficult places? Well, a couple of things. We look for and we recognize the presence mm -hmm. of our companion, of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit, of God, that he is with us even in this difficult season. We reach out to him rather than just leaning upon our own abilities, uh, rather than uh, taking matters entirely into our own hands. We lean into his presence in our lives. And we lean in with the posture of trust, knowing that he loves us, that he knows us individually, and that he loves us, and he is inviting us to new opportunity, to hope, and to wholeness. Jesus is our good shepherd. He is our companion, and he is leading us. He's also our guide, and he's leading us towards goodness and towards peace and towards wholeness. He protects and comforts through all the struggles, and he calls us to participate in this journey with him. So whatever you're facing, we want you to know that you're not alone. Jesus is present. He loves us deeply, and he is always with us. So today we are invited to find comfort in his presence, the Good Shepherd.
Yeah, let's pray about that. God, we thank you uh, for your presence and for your love. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice and um, your life in which you guided us and continue mm -hmm. to. Spirit, we thank you uh, for your presence and we pray that you will fill us, uh, that we can know your love and your goodness uh, and that we can live in you. And uh, today, as we face dark valleys and difficult times, some of us, God, uh, we pray uh, that we can look to and know your nearness, your companionship, mm -hmm. your protection, and your love in this season. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So every week we've been throwing out a song um, that has spoken to us. And so today we wanted to share with you a song called In Your Presence by Elevation Worship. And here are some of the lyrics um, to this beautiful song. In your presence, God, there is freedom and hope and healing. Love restores me and I am made whole. No matter how far I run, you are with me. Your love is everlasting. God, you never leave me. Your presence goes before us. Mm -hmm. And we just hope that this is an encouraging song for you this week. Yeah. Well, friends, thank you for joining us. It is time for us to sign off. Uh, we love you, uh, and uh, we pray that you have mm -hmm. a beautiful week ahead. Blessings. Bye.